Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brian and Dylan Take on the World. Before the episode starts, I just wanted to direct you to Level Up Lore on YouTube. You remember them from the podcast we did just the other day. I am on a post-episode discussion called S'mores Talk regarding their newest episodes of Halo 5. It's titled Halo, Patsy's Gaming Fashion, and more. S'mores Talk Episode 3. I had a lot of fun talking to the Level Up Lore team about their newest episode and future episodes as well as all kinds of random stuff. Check it out. Without further ado, here is the show. Hey guys, welcome, welcome back. Brian, good to talk to you again, man. Hey man, been, good to talk to you. It's been a week. This has been the longest time we've gone in between recordings because normally this is supposed to be a weekly show and our first recording was on like a Thursday and then I believe we recorded like the following Monday after that and then we recorded another episode after that. So mm-hmm. nice to uh, nice to talk to you for the first time in a week. Yeah, I mean, other than texting, yeah, we haven't. We haven't had the chance. We got to get you on some streams and stuff so we can hang out more virtually. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go on uh, like a Fortnite stream and make a complete fool yeah, of myself. So can, well, hopefully, you can teach me some stuff because I'm not good at that game at all. Although I may have to jump on one of those Sims streams, man. Those, those seems to be the <laughs> money makers. People are tuning into the Sims. People love the Sims, and Jenny's really knowledgeable about the Sims and like streaming it. So, you know, anytime she wants to do it, I'm like, hell yeah, go, go so, for it. So my problem with the Sims, though, if I join her, I'm going to ask her to, like, start torturing the Sims. <laughs> my big thing was I used to put them all inside a house, mm-hmm. and I put, like, four or five stoves and grills around the house. Okay. And then I would remove all the windows and the doors and oh, pretty, no. pretty much just see, like, who's the last one to survive. Oh, no. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of I, us did stuff like that I was back a in the day. I was a tormented child. Yeah. I'd put, like, a pool in the center of the room, too, and then, like, someone would jump in and remove the ladder. <laughs> like, I would just start placing bets with, like, my cats of who would live the longest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, 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 had, a, I had a rough childhood. I, I have a lot of demons. But my, oh, man. I saved this for my therapist, not for this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. So, All right, so let's, let's just get into it. What do you want to tackle first? So first off, it is Monday, March 19th. My bracket is officially done after the first weekend. Yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't been good. <laughs> to talk a little sports on you real quick, Arizona and Virginia losing didn't help me out a lot. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I had Oklahoma going all the way to the Elite Eight like an idiot. Oh, I still have Villanova winning the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure I am last in a group of like 22. So yeah, that money sure. will not be coming to me. For some reason, I am the money holder as well. So <laughs> not smart by a lot of people because I may be taking that $100 <laughs> and hightailing it out of here. I mean, I don't have to worry about it because I definitely am not going to win either. So mm-hmm. not my potential money. So quick bracket talk for you. I know everyone hates when douchebags talk about their brackets, but I had to bring it up quickly. Yep. So, Brian, we had a new Avengers Infinity War trailer come oh out. Oh, my God. Yes, we did. Recorded. And, man, this trailer is tits. That's I, all I'm, that's I could all not I be more hyped. Uh, we get to see Gamora talking in the beginning. She's talking about Thanos, who obviously had a more direct relationship with Thanos than really anybody else did. Yeah. We finally got to see. So I, I'm assuming with this that there, there's basically going to be three separate stories going on in this movie, and they're eventually all going to come together in the end. Mm-hmm. Like we'll have Captain and Black Panther and Winter Soldier all in Wakanda. Yeah. Because it looks like we're going to have a fight there. We're going oh. to have Iron Man, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, 
and it looks like the Hulk all in New York. And then we're going to have Thor and the Guardians off in space. Right. I think that's a safe assumption. So uh, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I do too. And it looks like the Guardians are probably going to help Thor um, reforge his hammer. Yep. Uh, just from kind of what I'm seeing in the trailer with all that machinery. And I think it was Groot looking like, whoa, what's happening? And Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that's cool to see them together. Yeah, I, I'm because I, I, this is a lot of characters to have in one movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that whole strategy to just have three separate storylines. So that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. So they're all going to come together in the end because you got a very, very cool scene of Star-Lord being Star-Lord with Iron Man. That was a cool little mashup in the end where that he's telling that his plan sucks, so we should do my plan now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a hilarious thread on Reddit where it's like, who would win in like a – Shit talking competition, Star Lord, Tony Stark, or Jessica Jones, and I. And now I'm just mad that the Defenders are not in this. What, like, you think the Defenders aren't going to help out? Surprising, especially since they're in New York. You see yeah. that they're clearly in New York. Like, if if I'm if I'm Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I'm probably not sitting aside if there's shit going oh. down in downtown Manhattan. I'm not just staying in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, Luke is unbreakable. For one, yeah. So I hope they utilize them in the end because clearly they're in the same universe. It's not yeah. like there's a separate TV universe, like there isn't that bullshit DC thing going on. But yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought we'd eventually get them in the Avengers movie. Maybe we'll look at, uh, eventually. I'm yeah. pretty sure that Infinity War. I may be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's technically going to be like two parts, two uh, like a two part movie. Mm. I think. Is, yeah. I don't think this one's called like part one. It's obviously just called Infinity War. But I think there's this Infinity War, and then I believe there's going to be another one. I right. could be wrong. Maybe they combine the two. I have no idea. No, I do think I don't know. At least at one point it was part two, but I think they're gonna name it Avengers something else. But it will be the second part gotcha. of the of the movie. And I believe so, they filmed them at the same time, so it'll be like this uh, okay. summer and then next summer. I I got you. Yeah. Okay. So one of my longstanding theories with this, and this trailer definitely helps further this, is that this will be Captain America's final movie. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a part in the trailer that uh, seems to be pretty dire for Cap. I mean, Captain America's pretty strong. I can't imagine him uh, winning in a hand-to-hand combat with Thanos, especially when it looks like Thanos already has like one or two Infinity Stones. Yeah, I mean, Cap is strong, but he's not that strong. Like, I, I, If it was Spider-Man catching a punch... I could buy it more than Cap, honestly. How so? I actually, I, I I strongly disagree with that. Really, I think Spider-Man ha- is is shown in like the movies he's been in so far that he has like, you know, some superhuman strength. Like he caught mm. Bucky's punch really easily. Yeah. Civil War. He um, did. He, he did lift the building off himself right. in Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 so, true. And and he's in the Iron Suit this time. The right, Iron right. 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 Which looks dope. It does. Uh, we also have the Hulkbuster suit. Yes. Uh, so this to touch back on the on the Captain America, he's he's fighting Thanos. Mm-hmm. I, I, but even coming in before I've seen trailers for this movie, that my I really thought that this is going to be the end of Captain America because we also have two other people who take on the Captain America role in the comic books with Bucky and Sam Wilson Falcon. Mm. So. Is, I'm, Fal- I'm be- is Falcon in any of these trailers? Now that I think about it, I can't remember. Yeah, I think he's in, in the first one. He's in he's in Wakanda with okay, Cap. Good, in the good, first yeah. one, you see him flying with uh, Iron Patriot next to him. Mm, mm, okay, yep. So yeah, the whole gang's here. Funny enough, in the new in the new poster though, he's in it, and the internet kind of 
went on a little funny tangent because Hawkeye isn't in it. Yeah, the internet's not super excited. So someone replaced everyone in that poster <laughs> with all with Hawkeye. So now there's like Perfect. 50 Hawkeyes in the in the <laughs> poster. So no, I'm excited, man. We have, we have about a month to go until this movie comes out. Uh, I guess this shattered uh, pre-sale ticket records when this because they went on sale when the trailer dropped. Right. And I guess uh, the, this was one of the biggest pre-sales for movies uh, in a long time. I'm assuming other Since than Black probably like Panther. Force Awakens, yeah. and Black Panther. Yep. So very exciting. It's I, I honestly can't wait to see that movie. We're gonna do a review, like the next day mm-hmm. after. So it's gonna be totally, totally relevant, totally fresh in our minds. Right. I really can't wait. This is probably the most excited I've been for a movie, other than Black Panther, probably since Force Awakens. Like it's just I can't wait for this movie. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be balls out, man. It's gonna be so good. I know. It's like every. I always think I'm gonna get tired of um the Avengers universe. But then they just keep topping themselves with every movie. It's 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 one of the more well done series because they've had like what like fourteen movies. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Plus fa- four TV shows, five six TV shows. Who even knows now? And the fact that they've managed to keep this together and really all their movies are good. There really hasn't been a bad movie. I think their lowest rated movie is the Incredible Hulk movie, which was mm. not a bad movie at all. No, and it's. You know, it's kind of like a weird time because it was like Universal making it, and they hadn't really found their footing yet. I think but it's also a little bit different that too because because we have we there was a, it's the same universe but we had a different guy playing <laughs> yeah. playing the Hulk. Yeah, so. I mean, I was actually really sad about that initially because I love Edward Norton, but Mark Ruffalo does a great job. He has been doing a great job, especially so, after so. for Ragnarok. Uh, he's he's per, he's perfect for that role, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I was so. similar thing with Spider Man. Like I liked Andrew Garfield a lot as Spider Man, and I was like, man, who's this kid? Who's how's he gonna do? And then it's like, oh no, he kills it. He, he kills it, it harder than like anyone has ever played the role. Uh, and I'm one of the people that really enjoyed the Tobey Maguire series as mm-hmm. well. I think Spider Man Two is arguably like the third best superhero movie right, ever. Right. And but uh, Tom Holland like really kills it as Peter Parker. He, he really like he gives that feel of like the old like the animated TV show mm-hmm. like that kind of right. of Spider Man. Just he's like sp- I throw throw Peter Parker into that shit talking because some of the most Spider Man Spider Man's like a big shit talker. Mm-hmm. I, I, speaking of shit talking, say we we have let's pick all these four. You have Spider Man. Mm-hmm. You have who is the other one? We have Spider Man. We have Star Lord. Uh, I'm gonna Tony throw Stark and Tony Stark, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. I'm gonna throw Deadpool into this because well. <laughs> he can cross over. Because so, things don't ob- matter to Deadpool. Obviously, Deadpool wins that in my right. opinion. Right. But don't hold out on Spider-Man, dude. Especially mm. in the comic book, Spider-Man is a big, big shit talker. One of the graphic novels I have been writing to read is a crossover of Deadpool and Spider-Man together. Mm-hmm. So, I think we may have to read that and review that because that's two of the. Yeah, best no, I'm definitely down for that. Um, I think like Jessica Jones is the type of person who like everyone else is doing it in kind of a fun way, but then she says something kind of fucked up and true, it, like ruins the mood. Oh. It's I just, just I don't know. Just just Marvel's just they're doing it right, man. They're doing everything right that DC did wrong. Mm-hmm. So and speaking of Jessica Jones, I've watched like five episodes of the new season. Real good. Oh, I, I've been loving see, it. I, I I'm st- I'm still notorious that I haven't I I'm like halfway through Daredevil season two and I have been for the past like two years, <laughs> so I'm a little behind on the Marvel TV shows, but I'll be caught up. I'll be right. caught up eventually. They're definitely worth it, especially in between movies. 
Yeah. I like the big the big tentpole movies. Like, oh, I just want a little bit of a Marvel fix and a little bit of like a more gritty feel. Yeah, no, I hear. It. Eventually, it's gonna be one of those things where I'll just I'll watch, like like all of them. Just yeah, like, just binge them in like a weekend. So, uh, Brian, let's move on to our next story, mm-hmm. and kind of like another slow week, but this is pretty relevant. Apparently, according to Amazon, uh, Amazon Post, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered is coming out April 30th, unconfirmed. Yeah, super unconfirmed. You'd think we'd know about this, but according to the Italian version of Amazon, there's a listing for COD Modern Warfare 2 Remastered for the PS4 and Xbox One slated to come out uh, on April 30th. So what are your thoughts on this? One, do you think it's real? And two, let's pretend it is real. How pumped are you for it? So do I think it's real? I don't know, because I feel like shit like this happens all the time. Right. So it's really tough to weed out what's real and what's fake mm-hmm. but it's not it's usually not things like this aren't confirmed towards when they're closer anyway although the only reason why i'm not sure if this is real is because usually when things like this happen they're pretty quick to come out and confirm something if it's real mm-hmm. if they're already like shit cats out of the bag you know let's just do it now and get the buzz really going mm-hmm. so i really don't know i i hope so saying it is real i like this a lot i like that clearly they're gonna if they release it april 30th it's not gonna be with uh with black ops 4 Right, yeah, so, it's going to be well if, before it. If this is solo by itself, dude, fucking count me in. Because the Modern Warfare 1 remastered was awesome. I eventually had to suck it up and literally just bought... Infi- is it, was it Infinity? Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Just Which is an apt like, name in- for the Call of Duty series. <laughs> I... I didn't even play. I didn't even play Infinite War to be honest with you. I saw mm. that Jon Snow, Kit Harington was in it. He played the bad guy, but mm. I don't know. I really didn't like tickle my fancy. Like right. it's one of those things that I have. Maybe if I'm just out of games to play, maybe I'll give the story mode. Yeah, a try. the story's like six hours. It's decent for a Call of Duty campaign. You well, know. yeah, most Call of Duty games campaigns you can get through like the first day you get it. I remember back in high school. Actually, speaking of when Modern Warfare Two came out, I stayed home from school that day and beat the whole beat the campaign. Like, mm-hmm by like five but dinner time right i was already i was already eating my mac and cheese by the time i, I was on the campaign so if it comes out april 30th dude count me in i'm gonna buy you know you know they're gonna make this like 60 bucks you know they're gonna be assholes mm. about it i'm still probably gonna buy it anyway if they come if they drop it for like 40 good on them because I, I i think that call of duty the franchise really needs something to get fans back back mm. on their side especially yeah. now that we have battlefield 5 coming out this uh, this fall in World War II, which is going to be the World War II game we want, mm-hmm. not Call of Duty World War II. I really think that Call of Duty needs to do something to keep the fan, keep the buzz going, keep them relevant. I think it's dropping this in April, when really like, April is kind of like a slow time for games. We have Far Cry coming out this spring, but other than that, there's not games coming out to the summer and fall. So I think that'd be a really smart move by them. And I honestly like, I I'd, I'd probably buy it like the day it came out. Yeah. Modern Warfare 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. The campaign is great. The online was great at the time. So, Yeah, I mean, um, so it says it's going to be 1999 euros, which is about $25 US. If this is to believed, who knows? This might not even be real. But if it is, I'm going to be streaming a lot of this game. So the only reason I have a tough time believing this is real is because... The game coming out this year is a Treyarch game, mm-hmm. Black Ops 4, and Infinity Ward are the ones that created the Modern Warfare series. Right. So I I don't have, I don't really see 
Treyarch releasing an Infinity War game by itself. That's to say, though, if they're not releasing together, that's totally separate. Because, like, mm-hmm. I, I think for sure we're getting Modern Warfare 2 remastered, like, no matter what. Eventually, I, yeah. I don't think that that's fully confirmed, but it's been, like, it's been talked about for a long time that with the success of the Modern Warfare, that they're going to do Modern Warfare 2. Because that's, it's, that's, I wouldn't say unanimous, but it's pretty well recognized that Modern Warfare 2 was probably the best game in the Call of Duty series. Also, I believe it is the best selling. Uh, let me look up. I know it sold uh, 20 million copies as of 2010. It really it really banked off the success of World at War, which was the year before, which was also like probably my second favorite Call of Duty game. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't... Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was just saying it sold $550 million worth of copies in the first five mm-hmm. days when it came out. Modern Warfare 3 may have sold more. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Modern Warfare 3 sold 30.71. Um, oh, I was way off. So and then it's Black Ops 1, 30.4. So forget I said that. Anyways, it was a very successful game, a very beloved game. At, at the time, at the time, it was the best-selling game. Right, so you right. were like semi-wrong. <laughs> no, it's just... I, I, I want this to be true. Like I said, I really think it's going to come out, but I find it really, really hard that they're not going to try to fuck us and release it with a game that's only that's $80 and you have to buy. And I guess on the Italian Amazon site, it was $19.99 in euros. Is that, is that what Italy goes by as euros? Yep. I'm pretty sure they go by euros still. And that translates over to about $25 US dollars, which is very, very cheap. And usually they try to milk that for everything they can because it's Activision. So I don't know. There's a lot of gaps in this in this that is not a trend that Activision usually follows. I really can't imagine them dropping a game like this solo for 25 bucks. Like I would be shocked if this isn't at least 40. Right, and I think it's especially interesting to people like us just because of our age. Like we were in high school during the golden age of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Like we really got to experience the highs of that franchise. Like, like last week when we talked about our top five favorite video games from our childhood, mm-hmm. nostalgia is the, the big thing that keeps coming up. Like, nostalgia is what's going to make me buy this game. Mm-hmm. I already know it's going to happen in the campaign. The online's not going to be as good as a lot of the current games coming out, like Battlefield or things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get it anyway for nostalgia because it's just cool to be able to fire that up mm-hmm. and to be doing, like, the no Russian, the no <laughs> Russian mission. Yes. So, For those yeah, of you I'm, who don't know, just wait. <laughs> For, for, for you pansies that opted <laughs> out of doing that mission in the game, you missed out on, like, shooting up an airport, which is no bueno, but it's very yeah. key to the story. It's an important part. It sets up the whole story. Yes, they're, they're fake people, so please don't go shoot up a real airport. Yeah, don't. Which is, don't we, which, are, which is we are what Trump an anti-mass right shooting podcast. If you shoot up an airport in a video game, you're apparently, like, 100% going to shoot up an airport in real life, according to, like, the Justice Departments or whoever's running the new research into video game violence, whatever. I don't even really know, fully know what I'm talking about. This isn't a political podcast. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Fortnite. To our, <laughs> to our final story, uh, Drake, Ninja, Travis Scott jumped on a little Fortnite stream together, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible for the platform, and for adding legitimacy not only to video games but to streaming as a whole. Have over... What was the total number of viewers they had at one time? At one point, they had over 600,000 concurrent viewers. That, that That's just fucking crazy. That's like, like cable TV numbers. Yeah, fat. There's, there's shows 
on like ABC that have less viewers than what that had. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's, that's really, like you said, that that's, that's kind of groundbreaking for the stream. Mm. Cause now you're going to, now you're going to have celebrities like Drake start jumping on these things. One to promote themselves. And two, it's probably just a fun time to play with somebody like Ninja. Who's just sick at this game. Yeah. I mean, he, Ninja is pretty incredible. Cards on the table. I didn't really know anything about Ninja until he reached oh. the 100,000 followers and we did that video about it. But it I've looked into him a lot and it's seeming that people generally consider him as just a good guy and a positive person to be like the face of streaming and video games right now. Yeah, like the back and forth him and Drake had just kind of talking about like themselves and Drake was kind of like talking about the behind the scenes of recording in studios and stuff like that. It was just cool. And you know, Drake, Drake seems like a, a cool, normal dude. For somebody being like one of the biggest stars on the planet right now, I know, right? He seems pretty grounded. And you know, they're probably they're jumping on with Ninja too. You're gonna pad your stats a little bit because Ninja's gonna get you at least four or five squad right. squads by himself. Yeah, yeah, and so it was Drake, and then Kim.com showed up for a little bit. Um, he of Mega Upload fame. So like the mid two thousands, that's how we were all yep. watching TV shows. Yeah, back in the day, um, yep. and then Travis Scott jumped on, and Juju Smith Schuster from the Steelers. I think Dylan and I can both say fuck the Steelers, but we fuck like the <laughs> uh, we like Juju Smith Schuster. He seems like a fun guy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, now it was cool too. Travis Scott was all for going into Tilted Towers, so anybody who's all for is jumping at Tilted mm. Towers is a fucking psychopath. So clearly, <laughs> Travis Scott has some issues. But no, nah, it was yeah, it used was, to work it out. It was really fun to watch him, and especially at what point did they jump on at like one a.m. Eastern time too? It was super late. I the didn't fact, know about it. I would have watched, but I had no idea. The fact that they had that many views, and I get it's all around the world, different times, but mm. one a.m. Eastern time—that's a lot of people on the East Coast. Who were either sleeping or about to go to bed. I know I was sleeping. Yes. And fact, imagine if you did this in the middle of the day. Jesus. On like a Saturday. If you did this on a Saturday at like five o'clock. Mm. They could they could crack a million, I bet. I I, I think that the servers might crash to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Twitch's servers would catch on fire. <laughs> so those are our uh, stories of the week. Another slow week, but it was uh it was awesome to see the Avengers trailer. Slow week, but so, some cool news. I'm so excited for that movie, yes. dude. Hype. So, so what are we talking about? Today we are going to be covering another top five, top five oh, yeah. underappreciated movies. was kind of a confusing list for me at first. Because... Yeah, we didn't really define it. We were just like, yeah, underrated films. This is, we'll do it. We got a show to do. So first it was underrated film, and then we kind of went to underappreciated films. I'm going to stick with that. This is underappreciated because all my movies on this have an IMDb rating of 7 and above. Mm-hmm. My final movie actually has like an 8.6, so that's I don't think it's underrated. But the underappreciated factor is that these are really good movies that people either A, don't like, don't understand, or B, just didn't have not seen. Right. One of mine has a 6.5, but I truly believe it is a worthwhile movie to check out. 
So I will be going by the IMDb scores. Brian, are you going by Rotten Tomatoes? No, IMDb as well. I want to keep it consistent first. All right, cool. So, yeah, well, I guess when we do movies from now, we're going to go by IMDb scores. <laughs> it's more viewer-related because I don't fully trust critic ratings. Yeah, it's so, been some questionable stuff of late. I, I think when we do our top fives for movies and things like that, we're definitely going to stick with IMDb. And then sometimes when we see movies fresh, like fresh, like uh, in two weeks, we're going to be seeing Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. I think we'll go by the Rotten Tomato score then because that one kind of gives a little basis of what like the pre previewing notions of the movie was. Mm-hmm. But so I cheated a little bit again this week. I have a five A and a five B again. Okay. Just like the video game. So my apologies, but without further ado, Brian, uh, I believe it's your turn to go first this week. Okay. First off, number five, I have the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. Okay. So, this came out in 2005, directed by Will, uh, Ridley Scott, and Orlando Bloom, Eva Green, Liam Neeson are the lead actors in it. Um, like I said, I've only ever seen the director's cut, which is three hours and 14 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Very long movie. Very good movie, though, I feel. Um, if you're into medieval stuff, you got to remember, this was before like Game of Thrones, after Lord of the Rings, but... It's not a fantasy. It's, it tells the story of the Crusades as uh, Balin and Ebelin travel to Jerusalem during the Crusades of the 12th century, and there he finds himself as a defender of the city and its people. Uh, I, I Actually, I do remember seeing this movie. It is a very long movie. <laughs> there is a break in the middle of it. This, uh, the, I remember the action in this movie being good, though. It's a, it's a realistic type of action. Mm-hmm. It's uh, bloody. It's like yeah. tough. There's a certain character that dies in the beginning, which is like hard to take. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I know the critics really didn't like it, but I think it's worth your time if you have an afternoon to just watch it all, you know? Yep. So, coming in at my 5A is 2007's Gone Baby Gone. Oh, yep. Have, you, have you seen books. this? I've never seen yep. the movie, but I love that. Um, Dennis Lehane. Yeah, I love and I love that series of books with those detectives. The bo- like the boss. Yep. Yeah. Like it's like he writes all pretty much like Boston noir mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007's Gone Baby Gone. Two Boston area detectives investigate a little girl's kidnapping, which ultimately turns into a crisis, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Starring Casey. There's a shitload of people in this movie. <laughs> starring Casey Affleck, Michelle Moynihan. Morgan Freeman, Ed Harris, John Ashton, Amy Ryan, who was actually nominated for an Academy Award for this movie for Best Supporting Actress, Amy Madigan. You would know, and you would actually know Amy Ryan from The Office. Mm-hmm. She's the one that ends up marrying Michael in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titus Welliver, Michael Kenneth Williams. There's a lot of people in this movie. There's so many people, and they're all good. In the, um, from what I've heard, the movie's great. Mm-hmm. The book is fantastic. Uh, the so, ending, you know. You know, it is what it is, but leading up to it, it is a great story. I should also mention this is Ben Ben Affleck's directorial debut. He also co-wrote the screenplay based on the novel. Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised that Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for Best Director Mm -hmm. for this movie. Uh, I think this is a very, very good movie. I remember the first time I saw it, especially being from the Boston area and being in and out of Boston. Yeah. It's really – it's it's gritty. It's – 
it's realistic per se. I've never been a private detective investigating a missing girl. Really? It's, it's, <laughs> it's surprising. Not yet. I'm getting my certificate. It's just, it's realistic. It's gut wrenching. It there's a twist you don't really see coming, and then you kind of see it coming, but then there's a few more twists. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a noiry movie, like I'm assuming, like the book was. It's just yes, it's yes. very good. It paints a picture of the lower class of Boston. Of Boston, really. It, it's it's a very good movie, and I know a lot of people around here have seen it. I feel like maybe across the country, people not with Boston ties mm -hmm. maybe have not seen it. But like I said, ben, and I think Ben Affleck is a fantastic director. Yes, and this uh, definitely put him on the map. A hundred percent. As a director. He has his brother, and I think Casey Affleck's the better actor, mm. obviously, but I think Ben Affleck's the better director, but director, fantastic writer. movie. It's the 7.7 yeah. .7 on IMDb. Mm. Maybe a little low, but 7.7 .7 is still really good. I'd, I'd probably give it like an 8.2. Right. But that's my 5A. My 5B is 2013's The Spectacular Now. Oh, how is uh, obviously you like it? I haven't seen that. It's very, very good. It's like kind of a depressing movie. Another thing, it's realistic. Mm -hmm. it, it stars Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, Brie Larson, Kyle Chandler, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm -hmm. Kyle Chandler obviously is <laughs> Coach, Coach Taylor in Friday Night Lights. A hard partying high school senior's philosophy on life changes when he meets the not so typical nice girl. Miles mm. Teller and Shailene Woodley are the boy and girl I mentioned in that. Miles mm. Teller gives a really, really great performance. This is actually written by, I'm going to butcher the last name, Scott Nudstater, okay. I believe is how you say the last name. He wrote 500 Days of Summer. Um, he wrote The Disaster Artist. He wrote. He took the book and developed the screenplay of The Disaster Artist this year. He also did Fault in Our Stars, which I know a lot of people have seen. I have not seen that. And I read he the all, book. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I that's what I've been hearing from a lot of people. I heard the book was pretty good, mm -hmm. and he also wrote uh, Paper Towns, which came out two or three years ago. Yeah, another John Green um, book that he turned into a movie. Five Hundred Days of Summer is a very very good movie. It was one of I'm a big Joe Scorn Levett fan. I also like Zoe Deschanel. That's another like it's like a gut wrenching movie. It's sad. It's funny, but spectacular now. It's really good. Miles Teller crushes it in this movie. Shailene Woolley's not bad, but really Miles Teller like steals the movie. Yeah, this is one of the first um, movies when it came out that people like were like, oh, Miles Teller, I really like that yeah. guy. Yeah, he was randomly, like, I don't know, he was in Project X, and he has like a weird role in Project X. Mm. And then I remember seeing him in this movie, and I remember this movie came out like a year after I graduated from high school. Mm. And it's very realistic. He's a kid in high school that just, parties and drinks all the time he ends up meeting Shailene Woodley it, this isn't much of a spoiler because you see it in the trailers he like crashes his car and passes out on her front lawn mm -hmm. and she finds it in the morning Cla classic boy meets girl you know yeah yeah if I only could describe the way me and Rachel met it's pretty much the same <laughs> exactly the same <laughs> and, and it really goes through like his him trying to adjust to life after high school mm -hmm. he has some daddy issues which are very realistic and really like kind of pack a punch when he gets the part about his dad, who was played by Kyle Chandler. Right. It's a very, very good movie. It has a 7.1 on IMDb. I'd probably give this like a 7.8. I think it's a very, very good movie. It's short, too. It's like an hour and a half. It's not something that you'll like doze off with. Right. So that is my 5B. All right. So my number four, the 2010 movie version of The Crazies. 
a remake of the 1973 horror movie. Yep. So I really enjoyed the, uh, you know, big zombie movie fan. This one is like zombie adjacent. Mm-hmm. Where it's uh, about the inhabitants of a small Iowa town suddenly plagued by insanity and then death after a mysterious toxin contaminates their water supplies. So, you know, it's a small town. They're quarantined off. The people are losing their minds, murdering each other, and then dying themselves. It's super intense. It's really gritty because, you know, it has that old school film grain feel. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty realistic. And I just thought it was a really enjoyable zombie movie that no one ever talks about so who who stars in this the lead is timothy Elephant. yes yes i do remember this movie i mm-hmm. actually saw this movie that was there i was actually thinking of a different movie when you first brought this up <laughs> this movie is a very good movie it's intense right like it is intense <laughs> uh the 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 ending is pretty intense too mm-hmm. when they're racing away in a truck yep uh it, this is a very good movie actually i like timothy often a, a lot too yeah but yeah man, he's great this is a good call. This is this is an underrated horror movie. I, this did fly under the radar. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad movie at all. What what, what did you say the rating was? It's only a six and a half on IMDb. Yeah, I this this movie's probably definitely like a seven. Yeah, and uh, it, it's hard because it's a horror movie. I feel like yeah. horror movies are graded so, on a different scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. No, this is very fair. That's a good pick. Yeah, that that is a good movie. I do recommend that, especially like like a nice little like mo- night if you're like shacked up with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, just throw this on if you're looking for a little scare. It's intense. It it has horror at the right times. It's not like cheesy at any point. Mm. And I wanted to include at least one horror movie because I'm a huge fan of the genre. Yeah. Shout out. I just watched The Ritual on Netflix last night. Watched a few movies yesterday. Very good night for movies. Uh, It's pretty average, but the at the like the last thirty minutes are pretty crazy, and the monster in that movie is like probably the most unique monster i've ever seen in a film so uh, you know check it out for just that it's only an hour and a half long so and it's on, and it's on netflix too, and it's on netflix so very good brian my number four is a 2010 movie called the way back all right tell us about that i'm not it doesn't seem like a lot of people have seen this siberian galag escapees travel four thousand miles by foot to mm-hmm. freedom in india this is actually based on a true story this is starring Colin Farrell, Ed Harris, Shorsha uh, Ronan, Shorsay, Sorcy, Mark Strong, and Jim Sturges. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're in a a glog in Siberia during World War II, and a glog is pretty much like a prison in the middle of fucking nowhere in the Siberian wilderness in the freezing cold. And they escape, and they eventually pick up two other people outside the prison, mm-hmm. and they're trying to basically get the fuck out of Russia trying to get the way the hell out of there and they're trying to get down basically where the war is not going to be where the people are going to find them. They, they literally travel from siberia trying to get to india mm-hmm. which at the time i don't remember the exact political situations but india was a safe place for them to get away from the russians and to get away from right. and do world war ii it's a very good movie i it only has 96 thousand reviews on imdb which is not a lot mm-hmm. it has a 7.3 i'd honestly probably give this maybe like a 7 Point eight. I'm really like kind of free balling that ratings, but this is this is a very underrated movie. I randomly stumbled across it one day on Netflix like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Jim Sturge is who you would know from that. Oh, what's the name of that Beatles movie? Um, mm, I know what you're talking about. Across, yeah. across, across the, the universe. universe. Yep. He's also, he's also yep. He's also in Twenty One. 
he is kind of like the main character. Mm. Shorshay Ronan, who's our girl from Lady Bird. Lady Bird. She comes into the story a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's very well acted. It's not too long. It's two hours, ten minutes. It's it's a really interesting topic that I never heard of before. I guess there's a lot of debate on how this actually went down because the guy that Jim Sturgis plays, it is. I mean, it's not much of a spoiler. He at least makes it to India. I, I won't say who, the other people that make it to India, but he eventually makes it to India, and that's how this whole story came to be. Right. He ended up writing a book, and then this movie came out. But I guess with the book, there was a lot of debate of how he actually did this. 4,000 miles walking is like what, – what's this is from coast to coast in America? Isn't it like 2,000 miles? Yeah, something around that. Two, three, uh, something like that. Yeah. So – Walking on 4,000 miles is pretty fucking insane. But this is a very good movie. I highly recommend it. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix or not. Like I said, Colin Farrell, Ed Harris, two very, very well-known actors. Shorsha Ronan, who is now turning into one of the best actresses on the planet. She's nominated like every year pretty right. much. And Jim Sturgis. It's very, very good. Definitely check it out. Especially for like people interested in World War II. It's a World War II story you've really never heard before. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting in – in when we have had a shitload of World War II movies, this is a nice little like change of pace, mm-hmm. be in time, but have a different story. So The Way Back 2010 is my number four pick. Nice. All right. So my number three pick is the 2005 film Brick, uh, directed by Ryan Johnson, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Lucas Haas, and Emily DeRaven from Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this movie. It's hard for me because I, I felt like – maybe it's just people who are like more into films everyone's seen it and i've seen it so many times and shown so many people it that i'm like oh yeah everyone knows about this movie but it only has 91,000 reviews on um imd me for 7.4 rating it is a film noir set in a high school a teenage loner pushes his way into the underworld of a high school crime ring to investigate the disappearance of his ex-girlfriend uh i love it it put Joseph Gordon-Levitt on the map as a serious actor after Third mm-hmm. Rock from the Sun yep. and Ryan Johnson as a director. And then, it, you know, for the better or worse, I suppose. So this this was Ryan... Was this Ryan Johnson's first first movie? First feature-length first movie? First feature, I believe. Let me pull so, up this IMDb. I've, I have a very up, up and down yes, relationship first with Ryan Johnson, obviously. Mm. Uh, Looper is... Looper was the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and mm. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. That's a very, very good movie. Mm. I may be known of how I feel about The Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, he actually, it was surprising he didn't direct between Looper and, and Last Jedi because that was, that was a pretty big gap. So yeah, we haven't, we don't have a whole to lot of Ryan Johnson. Yeah, that was a long time. It is. You so know, we he's done some TV stuff, a few episodes yeah. of Breaking Bad that were very good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I, that's where I first really heard of Ryan Johnson was, the, uh, was Breaking Bad. And then I kind of remember that he did Looper as well. But Breaking Bad, I think, was where I first really started to hear of him. But I have I haven't seen Brick yet, but I have heard very things about ooh, it. You should check out Brick. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of my hope with these lists is that we people listening and also you and I are going to get out and start watching things that we wouldn't normally watch. Because mm-hmm. I feel, especially with a lot of people in our generation, they're kind of sticking to things since we have so many superhero movies mm-hmm. and so many movies like of that comic book type movie where people aren't really going out and seeing other I wouldn't say less known movies maybe some independent movies some movies that really didn't get a whole lot of limelight I think I don't think the Oscars hold a lot of weight with people our age anymore 
right. people in their 20s. I, uh, so, I mean, hopefully people listening to this, all like 15 of you, will eventually, <laughs> you know, start watching these movies that maybe you haven't given a chance before. Yeah, no, even talking about this, there's a certain movie that might might not be on your list. I don't know. I don't know your final list that I would have never watched. Um, it was a movie that I always was like, I'll get around to it. But then you mentioning it, I was like, oh, if Dylan likes it, mm-hmm. better check it out. And it was awesome. So my number three is 2005's Munich, okay. directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Little director, in case you guys have never heard of him. Starring, yeah, maybe. Maybe you have. I don't know. Starring Eric Bana, Daniel Craig. Sierra Hines, who actually played Mance Raider in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and he's been in a few other things. He's a face you in a voice you you'll recognize. Yes, I believe he was uh, Julius Caesar in Rome. Yep. On HBO. He he is also uh, this also features Jeffrey Rush, who you know from Pirates of the Caribbean and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the story is after Black. This is all a true story as well. After Black September's assassination of Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics in 1972, Prime Minister Golda Meir okays a black box operation to hunt down and kill all involved all all team of five gather who features eric van and and daniel craig and all that Mm -hmm. gather in switzerland led by anver a low-level Mossad techie whose father was a this actually this thing i'm reading a lot this thing i'm reading is too long anyway (laughs) it's basically after the israeli athletes were assassinated by the black september terrorist group at the munich olympics in 1972 they basically hired these assassins to track down and just fucking kill everybody that was involved with this. Mm. 100% true. 100% a badass story. Because, you know, the Jews uh, have been treated rather not well in history. So Fair for the, finally for them to get some revenge mm. was nice. 100% true. Steven Spielberg, who, if you haven't seen the Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO, I really, really, really recommend that. Mm. He goes into talking about this, how... Steven Spielberg kind of at one point in his life had a crisis of faith with his Judaism Mm -hmm. and this movie it was really important to him to tell this story because this was being Jews being killed at the Olympics you would assume the Olympics would be one of the safer places and these people are killed in a pretty bad public way Yeah, and this country hired these assassins to track down and kill these people because nobody else is going to do anything they were going to start an all out war it's a It's a badass movie. It's Spielberg, so you know it's well-directed. Eric Bannon does very good. Daniel Craig, I mean, those are two of some of the best, not only action stars, but they're just very, very good actors as well. Yeah, this must have been before he was Bond, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 2005. This is probably like a year or two right before. Young Daniel Craig. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's two hours and 45 minutes long, kind of long, but it goes by quick. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're basically tracking down and killing these people one by one. And like I said, it's 100% true, and it's kind of crazy to watch. Right. And there's a specific scene that drags on, but drags on in a good way, where you're basically on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. like kind of want to throw up from how nervous you are, kind of right. drags on. Gotcha. That scene, that's the scene, honestly, why I probably put this in here, because that scene is one of the more gut-wrenching scenes I've watched in a movie. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it's very spoilery, so I can't tell you anything. But eventually, when you watch it, you'll, you'll know what's going on. But this is a very good movie. A lot of people I know have not seen this. There's only 190,000 no, reviews on IMDb. It has a 7.6. This movie, honestly, is like an 8.5 to me. This is a very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. I'll see anything with Spielberg, because he's arguably one of the best directors ever. Mm-hmm. And... This uh, people would need to see this movie because, like I said, it's historical. It tells a true story, and it finally tells the story of of Jews being able to get a little revenge from themselves for once. Mm-hmm. 
So 2005 cool. is Munich. Awesome. So my number two is from 2016, The Nice Guys, starring Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, and directed by Shane Black. This is a good pick. This is, this is such a good movie. Hilar- Ryan Gosling <laughs> is fucking hilarious in this yes, movie. Yes, he's so good, so against type, and just yep. amazing. This is uh, yeah, no, this is a good pick. I actually watched this probably about six months ago for the first time. Mm. Russell Crowe and, and Ryan Gosling together do make a good team. I the daughter that played that Ryan Gosling's daughter as well is very good in this movie. Yes, uh, and Gory Rice. Is her yes. Name. This she's only like thirteen, but she actually does very very good in this. She's actually she's, she's great, funny. Yeah. She's also in Spider Man Homecoming. She plays, uh, I forget I forget the I forget who she plays in Spider Man Homecoming, but it's somebody that like Spider Man ends up dating down the road. Gotcha, but gotcha. She's a very good actor. Ryan Gosling though, very very funny in this movie. <laughs> he, he does a good job of being funny as well. Yeah, so the plot is a 1970s Los Angeles, a mismatched pair of private investigators investigate a missing girl and the mysterious death of a porn star. So, I mean, if that description doesn't make you want to see it, just, like, come on. So, th- there's a few other people in this movie, though, because it's, it's Ryan Gosling, uh, Russell Crowe. Who are some of the other people that are in it? All right. So, uh, Matt Bomber plays yep. Johnny Boy. Yeah, from um, Blue Collar. Yes. Uh, Margaret Qualley, who – is that the girl from The Leftovers? Let me pull her up. Yes, she is in The Leftovers. Yep. The first two seasons, anyways. She plays yep. Jill. Very good in that show. I wish she was in the third season. If we really if we ever not. do top five underappreciated shows, I can safely say that, the leftover. That is probably, the number notes. one most underappreciated <laughs> show in the history of TV. <laughs> we'll say it's that absolutely ridiculous. That <laughs> how good that uh, Keith David uh, Yaya DaCosta. Um, All right, you're you're now naming names. Naming people we don't know, but yes, it's a it's a good good movie. Really really fun time. It is. It, it's a fun movie. Yeah. And, and that's really what you want watching a movie. It's, fun. it's yeah. a fun movie. And it's Shane Black. I mean, yeah. come on. Shane Black's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, some quick writer of The Predator. Um, yeah. Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon yep. 3, Lethal Weapon, Iron Man 3, yep. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Lethal yep. Weapon 4. Uh, you know, he's just, he's just awesome. So, he's also writing the new Predator movie. Which so I this movie, this movie isn't in my top five, but you just said it. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang does get an honorable mention, mm. which is a very good movie. As right, well. right. So my number two, and this was very, very tough because I almost made this my number one. I honestly changed my list around like five <laughs> different times before we jumped on Skype. Uh, my number two is a 2004 movie directed by Wes Anderson called The Life Aquatic with oh, Steve so Zissou. Any of his movies amazing, but this one very, very, very good. It only has a 7.3 in IMDb, 155,000 ratings. The tough thing about Wes Anderson is that you have to be a Wes Anderson fan to appreciate his movies, if that makes any sense. You have to like a specific type of comedy to appreciate his movies. Right, right. All his movies take place in like this quirky, this quirky like it's a real world, but it's like a fictional world. Right, yeah, it's like adjacent to reality. It's I don't know how to describe it. Life Quad with Steve Zizou is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm. Stars Bill Murray, who's one of my all-time favorite actors. Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, Angelica Houston, William Dafoe, 
Jeff Goldblum. I mean, you have fucking Jeff Goldblum in this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, this is his cast, basically. <laughs> like, the people who are in almost all of his yeah, movies are the in West, movie. the West End movies, especially yeah. Bill Murray and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he's added, like, uh, Ed Norton lately. And, yeah. Uh, oh, God. Oh, crap. What's his name? Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. He's been in a lot lately. But, yeah, these are, like, the key players that he always casts. So the description is with a plan to exact revenge on a mythical shark that killed his partner, <laughs> ocean oceanographer Steve Zizou, who is played by Bill Murray, rallies a crew that includes his estranged wife, a journalist, and a man who may not may or may not be his son. <laughs> so just to right off the bat, with a plan to exact revenge on a mythical shark. It's just the most Wes Anderson synopsis of all time. It's just, it's such a good movie. It's funny. It's like a dry kind of dark humor, but that's really all the Wes Anderson movies. Mm. You have to get the comedy. And like, I really think if you give this a chance, especially, you know, maybe if you, if you smoked a little smoker, or even <laughs> had a little drink and you do, this movie is so funny. It's so good. Even like the action, when it gets action at one point, mm. it's like hilarious action, but it's still like pretty decent action. Right. Um, it, just to see Bill Murray, like shooting a gun with like one arm, like running up and down a boat. It's mm. just hilarious it's just so good I, i'm a huge fan of wes anderson so i see anything he does i can't right. wait to see island of dogs right which is his next um stop what's that called stop, stop motion, motion. Yep. animation coming out obviously has a lot of the normal features normal uh people in it bill murray's in it as well mm. life aquatic is hands down my favorite wes anderson movie i don't know if it's necessarily his best mm. but life aquatic was hands down my favorite it's hilarious. It's only two hours long. Owen Wilson's in it too. It's well, I, I, the only reason I say Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson is, is hilarious to me. Wedding Crash is one of my all-time favorite comedies. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, Owen I, Wilson, especially when he works with us, Anderson is always tremendous. And Owen Wilson just does a really good job getting into like just a weird character because I think he's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite character in this though is William Dafoe, mm-hmm. who plays Kloss or cloud the, the german right and when he's describing when he's describing him he literally just goes 40 engineer calm collected german <laughs> and just the way he says it in a way it cuts over to cloth is just hilarious right uh but definitely check this movie out that's my number two life clock with steve zizu 2004 awesome so my number one underrated movie is also my favorite movie uh winter's bone starring jennifer lawrence john hawks and garrett to hunt so it's is this the one? Is this the number one you were talking about that you weren't sure if I was going to have on or not? Uh, I thought maybe you'd have the nice guys as well because I was like, oh, oh this okay. is a movie Dylan would like too. I did like the nice guys a lot, but Winter's Bone, surprisingly, I have not seen. Oh, all right. Well, you got to see it because it's really good. I know. I haven't seen this yet. I heard it's very good. This was this was kind of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's like big coming out party as well. Yes, correct? she won an Oscar for it. Yes, so, I've. Yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. This I was just going to read your... the description. Uh, an unflinching Ozark mountain girl hacks through dangerous social terrain as she hunts down her drug-dealing father while trying to keep her family intact. That just has, like, Oscar written all over yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's pretty oscar Brady, but it is really good. Uh, watch Winter's Bone. It's only an hour, 40 minutes long, but it's intense. It's gritty. And it's. I think it's interesting to, like, address, like, kind of a side of poverty that isn't shown quite yep. often. Yeah. Um, you know, people living in like terrible conditions in like mountain mountainous areas of the United mm-hmm. States. And yeah, super good. My favorite movie. What is your number one? So my number one is a 2014 movie directed by Christopher Nolan. 
It has a 8.6 on IMDb for a million ratings. Mm-hmm. A little movie called Interstellar. So <laughs> it's very, very high. It has a very good ratings. It's been rated by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So for me to explain why this is underappreciated is that this is probably a top five movie for me all mm-hmm. time. I fucking love this movie. I think it's so good. I think McConaughey does really good in it. Uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, John Lithgow, Timothy Chalamet, who we talked about for the mm-hmm. Oscars, uh, Casey Affleck, Wes Bentley, Ellen Burstyn. There's a lot of people in this. Uh, also, Michael Caine. How can, I can't forget Michael Caine. Always Michael Caine in every Nolan movie. I'm assuming a lot of people have seen this, but basically the, the summary of it is a team of explorers travel through a wormhole in space in an attempt to ensure humanity's survival. Really, this movie is about a relationship between a father and a daughter, mm. which a lot of the arguments I've had with this movie is that was that you didn't really feel emotionally connected to the characters, which I strongly disagree. Mm. I was really like floored and blown away by this movie the first time I saw it. I, I saw this in IMAX. This is a very, this is a perfect movie for IMAX. Yes. It's, it's a long movie. It's two hours and 50 minutes. It's long. A lot of the arguments I've heard against this movie is that it's slow. They don't really understand the twist at the end, which I don't want to go into. Mm-hmm. I said, don't want to spoil it. You want people to watch it, right? But I've heard a lot of people, a lot of people like in my family and a lot of people I've talked to that have seen this movie, they say they don't like this movie because it's long and it's dragged out mm-hmm. and they just don't like the direction it goes in. I strongly disagree. I think this is a really, really well thought out movie. I think Christopher Nolan and his brother Jonathan Nolan wrote this beautifully. It's a beautiful cinematic movie. Like this is like this this should have been like the ultimate Oscar type movie. I don't even know if this was nominated for best film. I don't. I really don't think it was. I think the only Oscar it won was understandably best special effects, best mm-hmm. visual effects. But it hasn't. Like I said, it has an eight point six. But this is like this definition of underappreciated to me. And I think that Christopher Nolan is honestly probably one of the most underappreciated directors because with things like Dunkirk and Interstellar, um, what's the one he did with uh, with the... Inception. Not Inception. Uh, the photo... Uh, Me- oh, Memento. Memento. I almost put uh, that on my list. But I almost Memento. did as well. It's in, the, it's in the honorable mentions. He just tells a really, really gritty realistic story. And it's as realistic as you can get into the future. Basically, Earth is dying. Uh, they're running out of resources and so Matthew McConaughey who used to work for NASA prior eventually has to go out into space and is going to be gone for a really long fucking time mm-hmm. to try to find a habitable planet for everyone else to go to and it cuts in between time with his daughter when she's young his daughter when she's older and basically Matthew McConaughey's gone for a long time mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize how long he's going to be gone because certain things happen where if one mistake if something doesn't go right, you're knocking like seven years off of your time back on Earth. Yeah. Because that's science. That's naturally how time works. It yeah, I go- think this is the only space movie that has really ever dealt with um, relativity, yeah, which I appreciated. This, yeah, th- th- I appreciate this movie, especially because it's, sci- it's as scientifically accurate as you can be mm-hmm. when talking about things that we don't fully understand. Right. But uh, you know who I also forgot is in this movie too is Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, she's great. Does, does, she's great and everything, but she's great in this as well. But but McConaughey really really sold it for me. But the, like I said, the ending, the end story of this movie is that this is the story about a relationship between a father and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And you have to fully watch it to understand. If you haven't watched this, I really really recommend you watch. This is a perfect like sit down, 
to just really dive deep into a movie. This is it. The, the music, obviously Hans Zimmer, how can you expect anything less? Mm-hmm. The music in this is great. The visuals, the acting, everything is just so good. And the fact that some people like disagree with that, like you're entitled to your opinion, but you're just wrong. <laughs> you're entitled to your wrong yourself. opinion. It's fine. <laughs> so this is like, the, this is the definition of underappreciated movies for me. Like this mm-hmm. movie is just so fucking good. That's an 8.6. And that's a, that's after a million people rating that in 8.6. Yeah. It's 30th, on IMDb's top-rated movies, mm. so this movie is not underrated. This movie is actually probably properly rated, but I think it's uh, pivotal, underappreciated movies with people, especially people our age, like uh, people in like their between like their teens up to maybe like thirties, who are probably the more people going to the actual movie theaters to see movies. Mm. They're really going to see the superhero movies, which don't get me wrong, I love things like Avengers and Batman and all that. Mm. But movies like this, like this is pure storytelling by Chris Nolan, And I think Chris Nolan is one of the best storytellers out there right and I, now. And I think it's funny you say, because like, I think the superhero movie industry owes a ton to Christopher Nolan because he was really the first person to make the general public take superhero movies seriously you know yeah. with his um dark knight trilogy like the dark knight the dark knight is a superhero movie but it's honestly i think it's honestly probably the best movie ever made mm. um and i will let people debate me on that because people say <laughs> shit like the godfather and all that mm. but i think the dark knight is just the most complete movie i've seen the dark knight honestly probably about 20 times in its entirety mm-hmm and like I even even a month ago, I went to go see it when it dropped on one day release in the movie theaters. That, right. like, that's a really good movie. It's and like I said, his storytelling is just so good. Taking something that may even like seem unrealistic and making it realistic, where you have a fucking guy in a back suit mm. running around a city, but you really feel the realism of that. And right. the same thing with Interstellar. You have somebody jumping from planets, going through a, a black hole, going to other planets, and at the same time dealing with the fact that. He may never see his two children ever again, mm. and when he gets back, he's going to be the same age as his daughter. Right? Is Casey Affleck in this movie too? Is he plays. Yeah, he plays the, the older version of the son. So right. him, and Jessica Chastain, and Casey Affleck are the adult versions of the kids. Right. Timothy Both Sh- great in this too. Just yep. everyone's great. I mean, this movie's and, just awesome. It ju- and kind of look at what I said with Spectacular now, where we had a father-son relationship, which really like kind of kicks you in the balls. This one is a father and daughter relationship, but it's really like it grabs your heart. Right. And it's debated that some people say the emotion in this. I guess the biggest complaint against Christopher Nolan, not by me, is that he doesn't understand the emotion of people. I also think that's by, done by like snobby fucking movie reviewers. Mm-hmm. I think that the emotion in this, like I said, it's a story about it, even like it's not about him and his son. It's about him and his daughter. The connection is between him and his daughter because mm-hmm. his daughter is incredibly smart and she's key to the more key to the movie arguably than he is mm. but the movie focuses on Matthew McConaughey um, especially like the gut-wrenching scene it's been turned into a, a meme a lot of him crying watching mm. the TV finally back from the planet and he sees the video recordings of his kids and um, there's a quick spoiler he sees the video recordings of his kids and as the video recordings go on his daughter is a child and then it gets to her where she's now an adult Mm-hmm. So he realized he's been on these. He might wait. Was he doing the right thing basically by doing all this? The emotion's perfect. I just think a lot more people should appreciate this movie for the fucking masterpiece it is. Because I think this is number two for Christopher Nolan behind The Dark Knight for his best movies. Right. Um, you know, I'm a big Inception fan as well, but I definitely think this is number two uh, behind Dark Knight. 
and I think uh, definitely hands down uh, the most underappreciated movie out there right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I um, I remember seeing it in theaters and just thinking like, wow, people can still be original in movies. Yes, a hundred percent. Like he this ba- is amazing. He basically took like a science book mm-hmm. and made it took the relatively like the the scientific facts from that movie, mainly around relativity and made a whole entire movie about it and turned right. it into like I said a father daughter um a father daughter relationship movie like it's just it's especially now that I have a daughter of my own it's it's a lot tougher to watch mm-hmm. like just the fact that you realize that you're leaving earth to save earth yeah and you're leaving your family and you may be coming back where even your daughter could potentially be older than you mm-hmm. and so, there's a cameo in this that is better if you don't know who's a cameo is cause well, I, I didn't know I didn't um, I knew I there almost, was a cameo, but I didn't know who it was. I almost didn't believe it was him at first. Mm-hmm. This is a very—it was a very, very well kept secret. But when he pops up about halfway through the movie, I almost didn't believe that that was him. Right, because there's no shit. fanfare, there's no marketing. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was a very—that was a great little twist. The little twist, I would say, the main twist comes more towards the end. But the twist with that guy is definitely—I uh, didn't see it coming, so that was refreshing too. Um, but I—I I think the biggest connector for this movie, the music. It, the score is fucking flawless. Mm. It is so good. Hans Zimmer uh, is just unbelievable with everything he does. Obviously, you had The Dark Knight, you had Dunkirk. I think he does just everything Christopher Nolan does anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah, Interstellar, man. If if you haven't watched it, check it out. And if you hate it, you're wrong. <laughs> and also, fun fact: the um, there is an AI in this movie, and the kind of. Uh, way the AI works really inspired a lot of how Jonathan Nolan wrote the AI in um, Westworld. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was... with like the different personality traits and like giving them a ranking, you know. Yep, yep. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, check out Westworld because it's amazing. It's coming back soon. I gotta get caught up on it. Dylan, you really back. do. I, <laughs> I feel like we say this every podcast, but you really need to watch I, Westworld. I will. I promise. I will. <laughs> oh man. All right. Anything else you want to add before we hop off? So I have some quick honorable mentions. If that's all right. Absolutely. So my very first honorable mention, which only became almost became five C, uh, was a movie that you and I both saw recently called The Moon, starring mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. So good. Uh, very very good. A movie I never even heard of until about two or three weeks ago. It is on Netflix right now. 2010's Moon. Uh, very very good. It's actually directed by David Bowie's son, uh, Duncan Jones, I believe is his name. Yes. Uh, definitely he definitely that changed out. his name to not be called David Bowie's son, and yet we all just keep doing it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, and Bruges, who was directed by Martin McDonough, who also did Three Billboards Outside Evan, Missouri, which uh, was big this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriot, starring Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. which I feel is a very and underappreciated movie. And Heath Ledger, yeah, rip. Rest in, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drinking Buddies, starring uh, Jake Johnson and Olivia, um, Olivia, oh, what's her name? Uh, 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 Olivia, uh, the one that's married to Jason Sudeikis. Wild. Olivia Wilde, yep. Um, that's another very good movie. Sorry, I haven't seen it, so I was like, I want to say Wild, but it might be wrong. It's okay. It's uh, it's on Netflix. Definitely check it out. It's a, it's a nice little like it's almost like an independent comedy type of movie. It's very mm. good. Um, funny people with Adam Sandler and Seth oh, Rogen. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah uh, like I feel that. that's very that's that's I feel like that might be more underrated than anything, but it's a very good movie that I've checked a few times. Mm. Uh, Big Fish. Uh, which mm-hmm. I I had to remove from my list last minute. Big Fish is very very good, uh, and my final one is Ten Things I Hate About You from the nineties. Also, Heath Ledger. Right. 
And that's that's, pretty a, much... that's the one that's based on Taming of Shrew. Yes. Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I believe, also. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger. Yeah, just really good. There's, there's a few other 90s people you recognize mm. in the movie, which it also produced one of my favorite memes of Heath Ledger and Joseph Gordon-Levitt next to each other in the cafeteria. And it was like when you realize that you go to – when Robin goes to school with the Joker, then it's just Levitt and uh, Heath Ledger like looking at each other in like a That's shocking funny. way. That's funny. So like this is another one. Yeah, this is another fun one to research. I, I think that honestly – the tough thing about lists like this, though, is they're almost ever-changing because you'll find a new movie that you might think will be more underappreciated. But mm-hmm. I've been sold on Interstellar being the most underappreciated movie out there right now. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, these are the top five underappreciated movies, according to us, at this very moment in time. Yes. It could change and, tomorrow. If we recorded our, this tomorrow, it might have been different. But our thoughts are law, though. So if you disagree with us, then you're Of course. So, all right, buddy. It's been fun, man. Uh, we will uh, make sure you check out Wicked Good Everything on YouTube. Oh, yes. And make sure you subscribe and rate to us on iTunes. This has been Brian and Dylan Take on the World, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Guys, love you. Adios. <laughs>